0: Y'all hear me? I always ask that. People always just never say anything. So anyway. Uh but uh it is a it is a great honor to, to be able to stand up here. I know that Brother Phillips said that last time whenever he stood up here, but it really is. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. This is probably the hardest place to preach. Last time you got to preach you wasn't here, that ain't fair. But anyway, uh I am thankful for the opportunity, and I just want to take the time to to tell the church that i i'm thankful for y'all and I love y'all and uh I appreciate your prayers it means a lot to me to have each and every one of you praying for me and I love you I hope you know that but
1: uh i want to
0: preach uh the message that the Lord laid on my heart i I talked to uh to Brother Philip about it a little bit and uh as I was studying through the book of Romans, I've been studying through the book of Romans and as I was studying through it, I, I've never caught this before, but at the tail end of chapter 11, uh, verses 33 through 36, uh, you have a, uh, you have where Paul just sort of stops talking about doctrine and he just starts worshiping, just starts praising the Lord right there, just right there in the middle of it and then he picks back up in chapter 12 and he starts going back over some more doctrine again. And I thought, well, isn't that kind of weird? But anyway, I want to read these verses and then I'll, I'll lead into it. But, uh, but I, I like to call it a, a worshiping heart. This is, this is what Paul's got. He's went into all this doctrine. He's, he's dealt with some of the most hardest things. I mean, things that divide the, uh, the brethren today. He's, he's, he's dealt with uh, with the sovereignty of God. He's dealt with the, the election. And, uh, and I was reading after D.L. Moody and they said that D.L. Moody used to say, Save the elect, Lord, and elect some more. Alright, so I like that, you know. But anyway, uh, but, uh, but anyway the, Paul has dealt with some of the most hardest things in Christianity, and then he just busts out into praise. But anyway, let's uh, read these verses, and then we'll get into the message. But in verse 33 of chapter 11 of Romans, it says, "Oh, the depths uh, of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out, for who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. But... uh we're, we're going to go off into into chapter twelve too, but I just wanted to. This is kind of my base scripture, if you will. And and the thought that God gave me was that that Paul doesn't change subjects, even though he busts out into praise, he he doesn't change subjects. And so all the way through nine, ten, eleven, he's been talking about the mercies of God. He picks up again in chapter twelve the verse one, there talking about by the mercies of God again. But here he he praises God. He just kind of busts out in praise and and I, I like this because it, it shows us a worshiping heart and, and, and the thing in which that the, the, the thought if you will that God gave me out of this was in chapter 12 in the first two verses he's dealing about being a transformer not conforming to the world yielding our bodies to the Lord and, and I believe the foundation for that is found in these these four verses here that we're to have a worshiping heart if we, if we can have a worshiping heart if we can truly worship God alright, then we can get to a place to where we can yield our body, and we can yield our mind to God, and we can find the will of God. But anyway, what is a a, a, a conformer, if you will? Well, this ain't necessarily a Webster's Dictionary or, or any other kind of definition. This is a Brother Joe definition, but a, a conformer is a person whose life is controlled by the outside. Alright, they right, they're, they're controlled by the outside of the world. I mean, they... They see, they take in with their eyes, they, they confound and mold or shape themselves to the framework of this world. And, and so therefore, they, they don't ever change anything. They don't ever transform anything. They never do anything for God because of the fact that they're conformed to the world. They're shackled, if you will, to the world. And then, what, what is a transformer then? A transformer is a person whose life is controlled by power on the inside. And of course, we know that power to be The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Lord, whatever you want to call it. But that power controls us on the inside. And therefore, we're able to transform things on the outside of the world. And so, whenever I began to think about this, I, of course, thought about Daniel. Daniel is one of the greatest transformers. I hear people say all the time, they say, well, you just don't understand. I, I can't do the things that you tell me to do. I can't witness, can't do all those things. I'm as shy and backwards as the next person, and I force myself to do those things. But nonetheless, Daniel, think about Daniel. They took his, they took his language, they took his, they took his clothes, they took his, his country, they put him in a different country, they put him in a different school, they tried to mold him into Babylon, but, he, but he, what did he do? He purposed in his heart that he wasn't going to change. He was going to be a transformer. And because of that fact, by the end of it, he's running the country. All right, and think about think about Joseph. Joseph, another good good character uh, to think about in that way. Uh, he he uh, he had been put in, in prison. He he didn't necessarily understand why he was sold into slavery, but nonetheless he was sold into slavery. Uh, he he eventually run the house. He was lied about. He was put in prison. He was running the prison by the end of it. Again, he's running the country, and he was a transformer because of the fact that he didn't allow them to steal that thing. And what is that thing? That thing is our God. Our, our God is powerful. And if we allow Him to come into our life and to change us and to mold us and to shape us into what He wants us to be, then we can change the outside of the world. Now, I say all that to say this, that we may not, all of us, become President of the United States. We may not end up running the country if we try to be a transformer. I, I realize that. but and, and don't take this harshly. I don't mean it harshly. But a lot of us, live our life are no Christians that live their life as conformers and they don't make any difference at all if they had not lived honestly you understand what I'm saying I mean the Lord Jesus paid for they're worthy of what he paid for all right they're 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 prizes above rubies all that sort of thing but they don't do nothing with it all right we get what we want to out of the Christian life just like anything all right uh, whenever we whenever we go to the store, if we want a if we want to go on milk, we got to pay for it. All right. If we want anything out of the Christian life, we're gonna have to pay for it. All right. Now he saved us; he paid for that. All right. That's not of us. That's none of that is of us. All right. But if we're gonna be a transformer, we're gonna have to give up some things. We're gonna have to give up the world. We're gonna have to give up time. That's the biggest thing. All right. Now I, I steal this from Brother James Socia. I'm gonna give him credit. All right. One of the one of the only things he ever told me that, that I really like, all right, is, is this thing busy, all right? How many people you ever talk to, and they say, well, brother Joe, or brother Philip, or whoever, brother Troy, I'm just so busy. I can't I can't do whatever because I'm just so busy. Well, he said he told me he said that busy stood for being under Satan's yoke. All right. Now if we're saved. We're supposed to be out of that out of that yoke. We're supposed to be under Christ's yoke, and it's supposed to be easy. All right. But a lot of times we we allow ourselves to be reshackled. I got to thinking about the children of Israel as they were traveling through the desert. All right, they had been slaves for four hundred years. They didn't know how to be free people. They didn't know how to worship God, and they didn't know how to please Him. All right, so all they knew about worshiping gods was the gods of Egypt. All right, so whenever Moses stayed up on that mountain for forty days, uh, that it was just logical for them to go to Aaron and say, "Look, we we really need a calf." And, You know, and I love Aaron's explanation. You know, the people brought me that gold, and poof, there was a cap. You know what I mean? He didn't even take credit for it. All right? One time, man didn't even take credit for his own work. All right? Most of the time, man, all the time taking credit for his work. But anyway, let's move into the Scripture. I just thought about those different things as we we go into being a a transformer. But in verse 33, all right, it says, Who knows the depths and the riches, uh, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, uh, how unsearchable are are His judgments and His ways uh, past finding out. Now, if we have a worshiping heart, if we, if we get to that right mindset, if you will, then we don't, try to, we don't try to change God's mind. You ever thought about that? We don't try to change God's mind. We don't, try to, we don't try to influence God's mind. How many times have you ever sit down and been praying and said, Lord, I want the perfect will of God done right here, but it would be real good if it would be just like this. And we name her out, buddy. All right. I've done it. Time and time again, alright? But but if we get to a worshiping heart, we say, you know what? I'm not going to try to change God's mind. I'm just going to be obedient to whatever God tells me to do. Secondly, it says here in verse 34, it says, For who has known the mind of God, I mean the mind of the Lord, or who has been His counselor? Alright, who, 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 I have, I have, again, I've told God, hey, this would be great, alright, this would be the perfect way to do it. Verse, verse 35 says or who hath first given him and it shall be recompensed unto him again now think about this uh, how many of you remember the story of Joshua I mean of, uh, of Jacob you know what I mean Jacob all the time he's making bargains with God you know what I mean that's he, he, the way he lived his life he, he'd make bargains with, with Laban and he made bargains with other people how many times have we prayed to God and said Lord I'll do this if you'll do this all right, we expect to get a recompense back and then I like this last one if we get a worshiping heart we won't. We won't try to. We won't try to tell God. We won't try to change God's minds. We won't try to. We won't try to uh, buy His blessings. And lastly, uh, in this first part, we won't try to. We won't try to steal His glory, for of Him and through Him and to Him, are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. Now, if we get a worshiping heart, we won't try to take credit for it. Now, I, I thought about this, and uh, and I don't know if it comes out of traveling or what. But a lot of times, uh, you talk to pastors, or you talk to people, church members, whatever, and, uh, and you, you talk to them, and, and uh, if they got a good thing going, you're like, okay, what you been doing? How many doors you been knocking on? That sort of thing. But God just sort of hit me with this whenever I was studying through this. If we can explain it, then God didn't have nothing to do with it. Think about that. If, if, if the church is growing, looks like it's going good, and, and you go to a church and you say, well, well, what, what's the deal? How, how, how y'all doing that? And they say, well, it's our pastor. You know, he's just so educated. You know what I mean? If you can explain it, then God ain't got nothing to do with it. All right? But if it's unexplainable, you can't explain how it happened, why it happened, then you just got to give God glory. You don't try to steal His glory. All right? You don't give it to another man. All right? Now, since we have a worshiping heart, now we can move into... In the chapter 12 and of course there wasn't no chapter 12 when Paul wrote it but nonetheless we can move into chapter 12 and it says in verse 1 it says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service now we, we've established that one of the first elements of being able to be a transformer is to have that worship in heart the next one is to yield our bodies and a lot of times, people act like it's an odd thing to, 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 that God would need a body. He's the God of the universe. He he keeps the the sun in place. He keeps everything moving. What's he need a body for? Well, think about it. Whenever God had to do the the work of redemption, he had to have a body. So so the Holy Ghost come down and he he fashioned a body, he placed it in the womb of Mary, and Mary conceived and. Uh, was a virgin and, and gave birth to Christ, and he, he went about doing the work of redemption in a body. All right, in a physical body. He they, they wasn't just a manifestation or any of that sort of thing. He was in a physical body and he did physical things in order to do a physical redemption that we needed to be done. All right, he was the only one that could do it. All right, the way in which it was done was holy. And write and fulfilled the scriptures and everything of that nature, but he needed a body nonetheless. Now he's went back to the right hand of the Father, and he still needs bodies. All right, he needs us to yield our body to the Holy Spirit and do His will. All right, he needs somebody to go out and knock on doors. He needs somebody to go out and preach. He needs somebody to go out and play a piano. He needs bodies. He needs somebody to go out and do his work. All right, in order for the work of God, and this is the thing that's fascinating to me, is that you notice He doesn't command it here. He says, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, all right, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice." All right, he did, he doesn't he not command you, even though he could, because what, what does First Corinthians tell us? He tells us that our bodies are not our own; that we're bought with a price. All right, so therefore, we 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 really and truly don't even have an opinion to give our body up, but the Lord still wants us to be willing. Alright, so that just shows us how, how much of a gentleman he is, like we always hear. And then it says here, to be a living sacrifice. Now I thought about that, and of course, that makes perfect sense to all of us. We understand that a living sacrifice, that, that it's better to, to, to live our life and to sacrifice it unto God. We, we understand that. And, and God, in some ways, he may ask for us to be a, a, a martyr, if you will. We've all read about martyrs all down through history and things of that nature. But I thought about this. I thought about the fact that Christ is a living sacrifice alright, now he, he 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 lived his life 33 years sinless on this earth, then he he did the work of redemption on the cross, and he went to the tomb and he resurrected, and now he's at the right hand of the Father, and he is a living sacrifice, alright, continuously, never had to be again, alright, there's a the final, it's done, alright, but think about this, in a spiritual sense, so was Isaac, alright, Isaac willingly laid down his life, he laid up there on that altar, and he allowed his father to pick that knife up and to put it over him and then of course God stopped him and gave him a ram and he sacrificed the ram but whenever he got up from there he was a living sacrifice. All right, he was a picture of what Christ was for us. All right, so think about this, if we're to be a living sacrifice, think about this. Our head is in heaven, all right, but the body is on the earth. All right? So in order for that that body to get around, we we've got to do. I think about the, the members of the church. All right, this this is the thing that really fascinates me, is that is that we we all got different things that God has talented us with. All right, we we've all heard Brother Philip, I mean Brother Billary or preacher whatever, go through go through uh, First Corinthians and talk about all those those different gifts and things of that nature. We each have one. All right, uh, I think about I think about this and it's a. It's one of those things that fascinate me. but And I don't know where or how he's seen it or whatever, because I'm telling you, I was as backwards as backwards get back then, all right? For sure. All right, but for whatever reason, all right, Brother Seth came to me one day, and he said, look, I want you to be my adult Sunday school teacher. I think you'd be good at it. And I was like, this guy's crazy. Want me to be the adult Sunday school teacher? First off, all right, there's old men in here. No, no, no. They got to know more than I know. That's a whole story for another day. But anyway, uh, nonetheless, I found out that I was pretty good at it. All right? You don't take credit for a talent. That's something God gave you. All right? But I found out I was pretty good at it. And I found that out in the church. That's how you find it out. All right? I found it out in the church. All right? We, we've got talents. All right? But they need to be used in the church. All right? We are the church. All right? Alright, Miss Ann's the church. Robillery's the church. All of us are the church. We come and meet in this building, but our church is this is this body. Right here. And we need each and every one of us. In it. Alright, just like I told y'all earlier. The only reason why I'm able to go off and do what I do is because I know I got my church praying. Honest to God. Alright. So secondly, we move on to the next part here. It says, it says here, it says in verse two it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind now, I, I I thought about this and of course I, I gave you those definitions and, and I, I like those definitions and of course if we have a worshipping heart then we can move on to, to yielding our body and, and then we after we've yielded our body we can move on to, to having a transformed mind now how do you do that? you get in the word of God alright just like James says James tells us in the book of James all the way through it he's telling us that, that we've, we've got to have that word of God come into our life and and mold us and shape us and, and how are we think about it how are we going to be any different than anybody else if we do everything just like the world alright if we watch the same shows they did alright I'm not picking on that alright for, for years alright I'll watch TV alright I grew up watching TV alright we didn't see anything wrong with it alright God, God convicted me about that you know as I got older okay I don't do that anymore alright and, and honestly, and I'm not bragging, okay, but I, I literally just sit around and just read books or listen to books or do whatever. And it's because of the fact that I see my mind like a computer. All right, what I put in it is what's going to come out. All right, so if I want God to come out, i got to put Him in. All right, if I want to be a transformer, then I've got to put the thing in which that can transform in. All right, if you want your car to run, you put gas in all right, you don't put water in. All right, that's just that's just a fact. All right, so if you want to be a transformer, you can't just sit around and watch Baywatch. All right, let's just be honest. You can't do that. It's not gonna it's not gonna change anything. All right, so then it. But I like this here. It says the renewing of our mind. All right, but but look at, look at what the next part is. It says that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I got to thinking about this thing, and I know how we've all heard it preached and teach, and I'm not saying I know anything any better than anybody else. Alright? And and so don't take it that way. But I believe Paul is showing us a progression. Alright? I believe God's got one wheel. He ain't got three wheels. Alright? He's got one wheel. Alright? And He's showing us a progression. Alright? Now, if we're, we're the subject. Alright? We're yielding our body. We're having our mind transformed. So that means that we're learning the will of God, all right? Have you ever heard anybody say that uh, I don't know what the will of God is? I mean, I'm sure you've heard somebody say that, right? Well, after a while, we may not know the will of God right at the moment, but we ought to have a general understanding of it, all right? If we know Him, right? I mean, if, I mean, Brother Troy, you you know Brother Devin, I mean, Sister Devin pretty well, don't you? I mean, you've you you you've lived with her, you You've been around her a good bit, right? And you've tried to get to know her so that you could kind of understand her a little bit, right? Same thing with God, all right? If we spend more time with God, I know you've heard it said before, but if you spend more time with God than anybody else, then after a while, you're going to start thinking like God. Now, you're not going to understand God. You're not going to have the mind of God or any of that sort of thing because we're finite. All right, so don't think I'm crazy or nothing like that. But think about it this way. Uh, I thought about it this way. The only example I could think of was that when I was a youngin. All right, it was good for me trying to figure out the will of the mama. All right? and, and at first, whenever I, I got to be a little bit more mature, all right, I, uh, I figured out that it was good to do what mama told you to do. All right, And then after I got even older, I figured out that it, was, it pleased her when I did what, what she told me to do. It was acceptable to you, just like God. Whenever we get to a place where we're spiritually mature, because sometimes if we do it just because it's good, then it becomes selfish. All right, but if we're doing it to please God, then then we're doing it for the right reason, and then ultimately we get to that place, all right, like it says here, that we know the perfect will of God. All right, now I don't know if we don't ever ever get there, but I think that means the mature. All right, same thing way with perfect, you know, in other places I think perfect is meaning mature. In other words, that 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 we you know we can we can yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. In other words, just like what well, Brother Billy already talked about. Uh, Last Sunday, whenever he talked about uh, what Brother Thomas had told him about, you know, that first little inkling. All right. As we become spiritually mature, we, we, our, our flesh is more yielded, and we can, we can then go out and do the will of God. All right. And so that's the way I see that. But then Paul, he continues to move on, and he continues to talk about the church a little bit more. He talks about knowing how to rate ourselves and not think so highly of ourselves. But he, but he starts talking about in verse 4, he says, For as we have many members in one body and all members have have not the same office. Of course, we spoke about that a little bit. Uh, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and every one member, one of another. Alright, now this, this is what it all comes down to. If I'm going to be successful, if Preacher's going to be successful, if Miss Tina's going to be successful, if anybody and if Brother Dean's going to be successful, then each and every one of us is going to have to pray for each other. Alright? I mean that. Each and every one of us going to have to pray for each other. I'm going to have to pray for y'all. Y'all are going to have to pray for me. Alright? Uh, and, and guess what? Whenever, whenever it talks about yielding our body, I do, that's more. that has to happen more than one time. Alright? Now, I, I, again, I'm not bragging, and I know they tell you, it, it, whenever you're preaching, not to talk about yourself a lot of times, but this is the only example I can give you, okay? But, whenever I get up in the morning... I tell the Lord, it's yours today. You do with it what you want to. All right? I, I, I pray to Him. I, I talk to Him. I try to read my Bible. I try to do all those things. Because if I give Him my body first thing in the morning, then it's going to affect what I do with my body the rest of the day. All right? It, it convicts me whenever I get in situations and I remember back on what I studied on this morning. I mean, that, that really helps us. And I feel like that if we've done that, then we would begin to yield our bodies to the Lord. We'd begin to pray to Him. And that leads me to my, to my ultimate point, if you will. Alright, so we've, we've, we've had a worshiping heart. We've had a yielded body. We've had a transformed mind. We've began to understand the, the will of God to, to be more obedient to it. And now, I want to zoom in on this one thing. I know I've talked about prayer a little bit, but I want to zoom in on this one thing. If there's one ministry missing that I can think of that's missing is the ministry of prayer alright we, we need more people praying alright whenever whenever and it's been about a year ago almost a year ago whenever brother Todd McKeon was up here preaching and he was talking about giving out a tract to somebody and then he talks about that whenever we get back home we pray for that person we gave that tract to man I know that's simple but man that hit me like a ton of bricks we're missing that ministry of prayer alright I thought about this whenever whenever you you, uh, you have Jesus and he's talking to Nicodemus and he talks to him about that new birth all right? Now, anybody who knows anything about birth knows there's going to be travailing. All right? Now, in today's world, we, we have an oversimplification of, of, uh, of salvation, if you will. We have a, an oversimplification of it. We, we're, uh, I was talking to them in the back where we're real speedy about things. We like things fast. All right? We like fast food. We like to put 75 cents in the Coke machine. Coke pops out. We like that kind of lifestyle. If we have to wait more than 9 or 10 minutes for something, we throw a fit and act stupid. Okay? Let's just be honest. All right, we've become impatient, and we get that way with people want them to get saved. We get impatient, all right. But I believe if we had more travail in prayer, all right, we'd see more births. All right, that's the honest to God truth. All right, I feel like that if we that if we think about Hannah, all right, preacher preached on her uh, during, during Mother's Day, but think about Hannah, all right. She prayed that prayer, and to this day, people are still being affected by her son. Because right, he, he's in the Bible. People are still reading about him. People are still being affected by him. All right, You think about the Sunday school teacher that led D.L. Moody to the Lord. All right, Now, not only does that Sunday school teacher probably have, have a, good, uh, a good reputation, okay, but think about the fact that D.L. Moody wrote books and, uh, and, and got sermons and all these different things and people are still getting led to the Lord because of the fact that he wrote those things down. People still get under conviction. The Lord still does what He does, and people are still getting saved because of the fact that that Sunday school teacher had a burden to pray and to go in and talk to that man that was working on his shoes. Alright, so let's just think about that. We may not think that we can be a transformer. We may not think we're going to make a big difference. Alright, I might not leave but one person to the Lord in Idaho. I mean, honestly, I might not leave but one. Alright, but honestly, I've come to the place to where if I just leave one, it was worth it. Every bit of this stuff is worth it. Alright, just that one, because we don't know what that one could do. Alright, we don't know what that one, what God's got for that one. That's what it's all about. We're supposed to reproduce ourselves. Alright, and we're not transforming. We're not changing our world around us, and we're not not leaving testimonies, or legacies, or any of that sort of thing anymore. And we're not training up people. Alright, I mean, honestly, and I don't mean this in in a praising kind of way, alright, but a lot of the reason why I get the support I get is because of the training that man gave. Me. All right, I can go in there and tell the most awful message on the face of the earth. All right, but because of the fact that I respect that man's pulpit and his time, all right, and because of the fact that I that I look like a preacher, okay, that means a lot to people. All right, and and so they'll they'll have me come back, or they'll at least mention me to somebody else because of the training I. Had. Alright, so let's don't, let's don't take it for granted. Alright, the fact that we need to train. We need to, we need to be trained. Alright, I mean, not all of us come from the same background necessarily. Okay, and God don't want us to all be cookie cutter or nothing of that nature. But we can all have a, a, a training about us. Have a, have a properness about us in that way. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that it's not about us anyway. Alright, it's not about us. It's for Him. It's for His glory. like Like we said before in verse 36... It's for His glory forever. Alright, it's for His glory. But, I want to wanna close with this, if you will, out of 1 John, chapter 2. Out of 1 John, chapter 2. And, uh, and I, I really like this, and I, I thought about this, I thought it would be good to, to talk about this, but in 1 John, chapter 2, in verse 15, it says, Love not the world, not of the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All right. So, in order for us to, to be a transformer, we've got to not love the world. We've got to not. We've got to. We've got to have that worshiping heart first of all. All right. We've got to. You got to remember that the way Romans went is that in chapter one, chapter one, he's done. He's done convicted those that were pagan. Chapter two, he convicts those that had the gospel. Chapter three, he done colluded the whole world in sin. Chapter five, he justifies us. Chapter eight, we have no condemnation. And by the time we get to chapter twelve, we're ready to dedicate. Alright, so they're all saved, born again believers by this point. Alright, and so we ought to have gotten the world out of us. But like I said, remember the nation of Israel, they were 400 years slaves. They didn't know how to, know how to be a nation of Israel. They didn't know how to be a, a, a priesthood or, a, or kings or, or worship God or do any of that sort of thing. And so God had to mold those people for 40 years in the desert because of their rebellions. And even after they got in the land, as long as Joshua lived, they were good, but whenever they fell off into, into bad times, they'd do what was right in their own sight, OK, do right, right in their own eyes. All right, God had raised up a man, and they'd go good for 40 years or so, and then they'd fall back off again. All right? Think about this: We're no different. All right? Uh, they, mur- they murmured about the fact that they had manna and dubs and, and quail and all that stuff, and he's the God of the universe. Couldn't he give us something different every day? you know what I mean now we're talking about slaves that probably ate barley cake and water every day of the week for 400 years and yet they're throwing a fit whenever their God is giving them manna alright and we're the same way alright if God doesn't answer our prayer or give us what we write what we want when we think we are needed I want to tell you something That and I'm not very old but I've lived long enough and I thank God for unanswered prayers honestly alright because I was idiot a lot of times and prayed for things that I didn't need and and look, I look at it like this, uh, God God equips us for the answered prayers that He gives us. All right, so think about that. But nonetheless, it talks about here not having the love of the world. But look at look at verse 16, and we'll be done. It says, "For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh." You so see, there the world wants our body. All right, but God has bought our body. He's purchased our body. Our body's not our own. But the world wants our body. But look here again. It says, in the lust of the eyes. So see, the the Lord, the, the world wants our mind. What we see, we take in. Alright? So the world wants our eyes. Alright, and then look here. The pride of life. The world wants our will. The world, the world wants us to say, I will. I will. Alright, think about this, and I'll be done. But I, I, I knew a man in Carnes. And, and he, he wasn't saved. And, uh, and they didn't have his funeral at, at a church or nothing of that nature and, uh, many years ago but he played the song of uh, Frank Sinatra's song I think it was uh, I did it my way alright I did it my way my granddaddy told me after that funeral was over with that a minute after he died God had his way and that really stuck with me that stuck with me after that and I thought about that and that's one of the first times I ever really thought about hell and thought about dying and all that sort of thing but it's the truth of the matter alright every person that we let go by us a minute after they die God's going to have his will with. alright now they might not have they might not have wanted to hear a thing we had to say and they might not have been receptive to it and, and all that sort of thing people talk about well I just didn't feel led and we won't go into that okay because I don't believe in that. I don't believe you've got to be led to do what God's commanded us to do alright but nonetheless, even if you don't feel led, you ought to. All right. You're obligated to. Alright? And I believe that if we were to do the things that we know is the will of God, then and, and, and do the the witnessing, the reading, the praying, do the things that we know is the will of God, then eventually we'll get to the place to where we can we can do those big things that we think are so big. All right? That we can be that transformer that God intends us to be. You do realize that's our birthright alright it's our birthright. alright whenever we got born again it become our right to to, to yield our body and to allow our mind to be transformed you realize that we have something greater than anybody else on the face of the earth the fact that we have our Bible and that our Bible we understand it and it gets it seeps deep down in our mind and our soul and our body and our spirit and we understand the fact that there's more to this life than just living alright but that this life is just a a jumping off point. Alright, and it's about that next place. It's about that place where God will be glorified. And I didn't say this before, and I I guess I'll go ahead and say it, but whenever we have our mind renewed, think about this, that word word transformed, the root word of it is transfigured. Alright, and so Jesus took His disciples up on the Mount of Transfiguration. If we get in our Word of God, we can go up on that Mount of Transfiguration every single morning. Alright, we can see the prophets and we can see Moses and we can hear Jesus and we can hear God and we can see the glory and we can do all those things. We have our own little time of transfigure and then come down off that mountain and go off into the world and and be transformed.